Well, good morning. It's awesome to be able to do this um, in Anthony's absence. Um, first, I want to say I'm, I'm really blessed and, and excited to be able to do this, to speak to you guys. Um, my dad, for many of you who do know, is a pastor, and he does what Anthony does, um, takes a month of rest off, and it happens to be the same month. So my parents are here today, which is pretty cool, um, which is awesome because uh, he's always preaching. So <laughs> um, Sundays are not good. All right, so today I want to... I want to talk a little bit about practicing. Oh, I have my wife, so she's going to be giggling the whole service. Just get ready for it, you know, laughing. Thing. Practicing hope. And that sounds even kind of weird to think. Practicing hope. How do you practice that? Uh, I want to just kind of talk about four stages in, uh, that we can actually kind of engage and practice hope, obviously in action and conversation and thought and our posture. So um, obviously if I'm hopeful of somebody or if I believe in somebody, I can take an action towards them. So as a, as a band director, we have students who come, and I give lessons to students because I believe in them being a better musician, right? So my action is to show them, oh, no, instead of doing this, do this, right? I'm teaching them. That's part of the action. Uh, then I have conversation. I think this is a really important one because how we talk about things and how we converse about things displays what we believe in, right? So, you know, sometimes if you don't really believe something's going to work out, you can be conversing about something, and you might be helping, you know, like, oh, man, this is so great what we're doing. You know, you're just helping out, but then you, as you talk to somebody, you're like, this is going to fail. I don't know why they plan this every year. You know, like, <laughs> but the conversation is not practicing a hopeful attitude, right? Um, and then in thought, and so we get a little smaller and smaller. This thing may or might, may not work. We'll see. I might have to get a cord. All right. Um, in thought, and I think this is a really important one. This is why we meditate on God's word. This is why it's important to read the Bible, because if our thoughts are not being consumed with what God wants us to think about things, our experience is just going to saturate things that we are going through. So sometimes um, we are, it's not necessarily sin and bad things that just give us a bad feeling about things. Sometimes our life experience um, Let's think of an example. Just like every time I go out and um, I'm driving somewhere um, and I see people getting accidents, I'm like, oh, I should buckle my seatbelt, you know. Um, and so if I see someone not buckling their seatbelt, I'm like, oh, they're going to get an accident because they didn't buckle their seatbelt. My experience kind of dictates what I see, right? So it's important to saturate our mind with God's thoughts so that when we're thinking about entering into something, we can enter it with a hopeful attitude instead of just, well, I've been through this before and I know it's going to go. And then the last part, which is one I really kind of want to uh, focus on today, is our posture, our, hot, our heart posture. Um, and this is before we get to a thought, before we get into any conversation, and before we start acting into doing things, the way we even stand up to do something, and the way our, our mind is kind of processing things, it, it, it tells a lot into if we have hope in it or not. And so um, there are um, many examples in the Bible where God's will was going to be done, regardless, because God said it. But the prophets and the people that he used were completely opposed to it, or the whole time through it. I mean, think about Judas, for example. It's like he did everything Jesus wanted him to do, right? But he had ulterior motives. So his heart posture was, up at a certain point, not ever in line with what Jesus was trying to accomplish, right? With me there? Okay. So we want to focus a little bit on our posture. So I want to tell you a little story. Um, Laura and I, if you know my wife there, Laura, 
we dated, and she was in Michigan, and I was down in here in Florida, and uh, we used to talk on the phone, you know, we'd be, you know, oh, I can't wait for you to come, and oh, I can't wait to be there, and oh, you're so cute, blah, 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 you know, right? You know, and so things would happen, and it's like, man, I'm going to do, I'm going out to, with friends, I wish you were here, da, da. Okay, well, I, we found out through conversation, I love dancing. I'm, I'm the guy at a wedding. If you want the wedding to be hype, I'm your guy. If you're like, man, this wedding is lame, we need to turn this thing up, call me up, I don't know where I am, I will be there, and we will start getting it going, right? Um, so I love dancing, I've, I've grown up loving dancing, and so when I think of like a cool party, I got this cool like breakdancer guy, man. I could try that, but I'm not going to do that. So I took a picture so you can just look at that, you know. Um, I just love dancing. I love music. I lo you know, it's just, just big, vibrant in me. Um, Laura loves swimming. She loves swimming. She loves it so much, she would spend her entire life in the water if possible. Um, and we found out through conversation in the dating time that she doesn't really like dancing, and I don't really like swimming <laughs> at all. <laughs> Um, I grew up in Panama City on the beach, and every half day, every day there was no school, all my friends wanted to go out and do water things. We'd go, because Panama City Beach is gorgeous, you know, if you've ever been there, it's fantastic. I love to look at it, I love to take pictures of it, right? I love it. But me personally, swimming has been a bit of a struggle, and I used to not, you know, I'm 31, I got nothing to hide, I have a kid, I'm married, I'm fine with who I am, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I swim out of necessity so I don't drown and die, okay? Um, it's not enjoyable for me. And so we'll go places and, and people will be like, well, try this. Have you ever tried this? And I'm like, I've tried it. You know, I just, so when, when I have days off and we'll be together this summer, Laura will be like, ooh, we have a free day. Let's go do something. At that moment, I know what's going to come out of her mouth next. And that's the posture that I'm referring to, because in, everything in me is like, no. No, it's like, uh, like, a, like a little kid where they tell me, go clean your room, and they're just kind of like. Like, that's what's going on inside of me, just instant, you know, just, ugh, I don't want to, you know. But I know for a fact that she's going to say, we should have a beach day, <laughs> right? Um, and I'm like, okay, so at that moment right there, I have to make a decision about, because if you're married, you know we're going to end up having a beach day. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing else is going to happen. Um, and so we've tried this in the, in the beginning. She's like, well, what do you want to do? What I want to, I want to go practice <laughs> drums for four hours. <laughs> I want to go get better. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to go practice music. That's what I would do. Um, but that is not conducive to our family atmosphere. Now we have baby Isaiah, woo-woo, right? I want him to love water. I do. I don't, but I want him to. I want him to just jump into a 12-foot pool and just, like, swim until he just, you know, is a fish, right? Just, it's just fantastic, right? But it's like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Right, so at that moment, I have to make a decision because everything in me, the way that I, mean, I didn't make myself this way, right? I'm just naturally going to sink. Right? It's just who I am. All right? It's not because I had a bad day. It's not, it's just, just right? You all with me here? Okay? That's just part of it. Okay, so um, there is never a time when Laura is like, mm, let's have a beach day, that something in me is going to rise up in joy and excitement and be like, yes, yes, I'll race you to the water. Like, it's just, that's not going to happen. Right? You with me? Okay. 
So this is not because of something bad. It's not because of a sin in my life, right, where I've had a fear from, you know. It's just naturally how I am. Okay, so I want to just kind of touch on that and all of us because I was thinking in a physical way, we all have things with our personality, the way we're made, the experience we have that, that kind of leans to say, this is my lane, this is not my lane, right? But here's the important part. Will practicing drums for four hours on my one day off better my family? Not a chance. There's no way, right? It is never going to make my family better for me to do what's natural for me, what makes me feel good about myself, what makes me a better musician. On that, in those occasions, it's always better for me to get out of my comfort zone, to get out, get out of my lane, right, and sacrifice for the betterment of my family. Y'all with me there? Okay. All right, you're next. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, let's go, Station. All right, so, um, cool. So, in the, in the Bible, um, there are many people who have been through a similar situation on a spiritual sense. This is just a physical example. But on a spiritual sense, um, you know, you have Abraham, Peter, right? Uh, Peter, if you know anything about Peter, nothing about his natural personality was close to what Jesus wanted. He was just constantly being corrected and turned around and, you know, just nothing about much about him was naturally, you know, in line with what God wanted. Obviously, Abraham, God called him to leave his whole family and said, come to a place where I show you. Where, where, where is that exactly? I'll show you when you get there. No, I think I'm going to chill right here. Thank you very much, God, for that, you know, <laughs> right? Um, Esther, she had a bit, I was thinking about this. She, she got, you know, chosen to be this princess. She just got in the, um, in the palace, and all of a sudden she gets this uh, message from her cousin Mordecai to say, hey, all of our people are going to die. Would you mind risking your entire life to go to the king to ask him not to do that? It's like, I just got here. <laughs> really? That's what I got to do now? You know? Definitely not her comfort zone. And then, of course, Job, we, we, you know, everybody knows. He, got, he didn't even know what was going on, right? Just, he just got completely whoosh, right? So I want to talk about another guy um, who had a very similar situation where everything natural about him, everything that he was in his lane, just did not seem to match with what God asked him to do. So today we're going to talk about Jonah. We're going to look at him and me. And so I'm going to use me as the example today. I was talking about me and Laura. And I want you just to kind of think about yourself. I'm not going to call anybody. Yeah, I'm not, you know, because we're, <laughs> we're not talking about what God calls you to do. We're talking about the posture before you even say yes or no. Because as we'll find from this story, God was going to save Nineveh anyway, right? That wasn't going to change. Um, some amazing things about this book is we don't learn anything about Jonah before or after this particular situation. So, I mean, I, I've, you know, I grew up at church, so I went to every kind of youth camp ever. When people talked about him, they would kind of try to either justify Jonah's uh, issue with God or, like, use him to point to and blame and say, don't be like him, you know. But the truth, we don't really know. We know when he was alive. We don't know anything about. He could have been the absolute best prophet up until this point. He also could have been a, a lazy old, you know, whatever, right, <laughs> up until this point. We don't know. And the thing that I think is so amazing about that is that it's not important. It doesn't matter because at that moment, he got a, a request or really a command or a mission by God. And when he got asked, there's, 
there's one response. You know? It's like it's not up for debate. It's not up to question. It's like, will you be in line with what God wants? The same way when Laura's like, beach day. At that moment, like I said, we're going to go, we're going to go do the beach day. <laughs> right? The question is, if when my alarm clock goes off, am I going to get up and make sandwiches? Or am I going to lay in the bed and be like, you can make sandwiches? Right? Like, you know I don't want to do this anyway. You know I don't like the water. Why would you even, you right? Okay, so that spot for all of us, before we even, I'm not going to, you know, before you even get that call of what to do, I think it's important that we stop and try to work through God, when you call me to do something, or when you ask me to do something, or when I feel unctioned by your spirit to do something, where, where am I? What's my posture like? Or am I like, that's not really the way that I work. So why don't you take that request back? Talk to the Holy Spirit and angels and whoever else is up there. Package it for who I am and the way that I've processed and worked things. And then bring it back to me and God, I got you. Right? Um, and I think, although we don't, obviously we're not like that, but I think we kind of act that way. And I'm going to, the reason I'm saying and me is because I'm going to expose myself today. I'm going to give you an example of when I did that. And um, this happened back in May. And uh, I'll share the story in just a little bit. But it just, when I realized it, it convicted me so much. And it's been in my head all summer. Um, and then Anthony asked me to speak. And like at that moment, I was like, I feel like God was like, this is you. You know what I'm saying? Don't talk about anybody else. Don't call anyone. This is you. So I'm going to talk about Jonah and me. All right. Okay, so I'm not going to go through the entire book, although it's only four chapters. It's a very short book. Um, but I'm just going to go through a few verses, and we're going to just highlight some things. And then it'd be great if you went back and just read through it yourself. So here we are in uh, Jonah chapter 1. This is verses 1 through 6. And this is the call. This is, if you know the story of Jonah, this is what everybody knows, right? So I'll just read it, and then I'll recap. Um, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Next verse. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm across that, that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Verse 6 says, the captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we may not perish. And so here's, the, here's what happened to me, and then you can between you and God, you can see if this happens to you. I feel God calls me to do something or says, you know, go, go over and do that. Go, go on the beach day. We'll just keep, you know, go on the beach day. And at that moment, like the, instantly in the next verse, God says, okay, I want you to go to Nineveh. The next verse, so Jonah went the opposite way. Like there's nothing in between that. It was an instant decision. Jonah was like, no. Right? And so when we delay our yes for God or in our, in our spirit, it's like all of a sudden I'm like, God says, I want you to do this. I have an instant, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Right? And so when I turn that off, I've turned off that connection between me and God. It's like I just went down to the bottom deck, and while there's this crazy storm going on, right, because <laughs> there's a storm going on, 
I go down to sleep and I'm like, sorry, God, I'm, I'm deuces. Good night. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm done. And so it's like, man, you can go back to the previous verse, actually. Um, when I think, how could he be sleeping down there? Like, how, but I think if you are, if you've made a decision in your heart to say, God, I can't do that. I won't do that. You kind of have to. You know what I'm saying? You can't be awake just sitting and chilling and watching everything, uh, you know, go crazy and be like, I know why the storm's going on. You have to kind of really turn it off and just say, God, I, I'm not doing that, right? And at that point, it's like, whoa. If I call myself a Christian, if I, if I really love God, if I love his heart, like, what am I saying at that very moment? The same way with the beach, the beach day. It's like the second, I mean, I, I go back thinking about my single days, right? I, you know, it's like, man, Nobody was asking me to go on a beach day. <laughs> no girls were asking me to go anywhere. <laughs> right? I wasn't being called to do anything. I called my friends up, hey, you want to go, you know, right? And so if I look back to before, I have nothing but gratitude to think like, man, she wants to spend time with me. Right? And that becomes way more important than in that day being like, well, I'm going to go practice, you know? And so I think that's the first thing when I, when I read this, these six verses. It's like, if, you, if your heart towards God is like, I will do this, I will do this, I won't do that, you have to like actively turn off. You have to go to sleep on God, right? You can't be awake just watching it happen. Otherwise, you're going to be in complete torment, right? Just watching everybody go crazy, running all over the boat, and you know it's because of you, and you're like, this is awkward, right? Okay, so... In the, in the first chapter, that's the whole story. He goes, and um, they ask him to come up, and then they, um, they say, hey, cast lots to find out why this is happening. And they fall on Jonah, and they're like, yo, I'm sorry. I say yo. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I was going to do, do a disclaimer and say, it comes out of me. Yo and homie. <laughs> homie just means brethren, Okay. And yo means dear brethren. So, <laughs> so if those come out, I, I really do apologize. I'm not trying to <laughs> um, I usually do chapels for a bunch of youth, and, and, you know, so they don't, okay. So, um, <laughs> um, but they find out. And so Jonah, Jonah says, in response to the fact that he was the one, the reason why the storm is happening on the boat, just throw me overboard, and the, and the storm will stop. Now let's think through this for a second, because we all know the story that, there, that God had a fish down there waiting for him. But Jonah didn't know that, and neither did any of the sailors. So that's like just, let's say we're in a, uh, uh, you know, the 17th floor of a building, and then the bottom starts to get, um, rot, like people are trying to rob it, right? And it's just going crazy, and you, you know it's your fault because they're coming for you. And you're on the 17th floor, and you tell everybody else on that floor, look, they're coming for me, just throw me out that window, and they'll all, <laughs> no. No, I'm not doing that. You throw yourself out the window. I'm not going to go, right? Imagine what he was asking those other guys to participate in, right? And so all this to me just says like, when my posture towards God is, no, I'm not doing that, it leads to having to have others who are in my sphere do stuff that they don't, wouldn't be proud of. You can't tell God no, and then everything else in your life just function like it's supposed to. And, and just be great and everyone just be happy, you know? Like, if God is completely everything that is good, everything that is holy, everything that is merciful, and you tell him no, it's going to create problems in other places, right? 
Okay, so he tells them, just throw me overboard. And so they're like, no. So they start trying to row back to shore, right? And of course, that's not going to work. And the storm gets even crazier. And they're like, so they all pray. They're like, God, whoever, whoever is responsible for making this happen, please don't let us die for doing this to this guy. We, you know, and so finally, of course, you know, they throw him over, you know, and he's drowning, right? <laughs> and, then the, and then the rest of the verse says, the chapter says that because that happened, they were like, whoa. And they, they turned to God because experiencing that is going to make you go a little like, whoa, there's a God, <laughs> right? Okay, so that's the end of chapter one. If you know the story, that's like all chapter one. Let's go on to chapter two. The prayer. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to jump th- to uh, verse eight through 10. It says, th- okay, so let me explain it first. So Jonah goes down and he thinks he's going to drown and his life is over. And then he wakes up in this big fish and his prayer changes completely from his attitude in chapter one. His chapter one is like, just kill me. I'm not doing what God wants to do. There's no way to appease this. I'm ready to die right now. And then he wakes up in a fish and it's like he realizes, oh my Lord, you saved me. And so this is part of his prayer. He says, those who cling to worthless worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of joy, of of shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And so I think whenever, whenever God saves us from something, you get in a car accident, and you're like, oh my Lord. Or you do something you really shouldn't have done, and you really feel like God saved you and got you out of that situation. Your posture in that moment towards God is, oh, thank you. Oh, goodness, thank you. I'm so grateful, Right? which is funny because that's the posture that he should have had in the beginning. Okay, so we, Nineveh is the capital of Assyria, and Assyria was killing all the Israelites. They would just go in, and, and so Jonah had a very good reason to want to not go there. It wasn't, I mean, I don't know anything about his relationship with God before that call happened, but I know how Assyria was, and they were killing Israelites. And so to think that anybody would want to just run over there and be like, yay, you get a free card, returning to God. It's like, no, I don't, I don't really feel like that. That would be anybody's heart. But if you know the heart of God, that he's there to save and rescue, it's like, think about this, Jonah. If God saved you and God wants to save them, are they going to try to kill you anymore? No, right? So his heart, what he, wasn't, he wasn't fighting the fact that he didn't want to be persecuted. He was fighting the fact that he... He felt some type of way. He felt angry that they got off, got off for free, right? And when you, but if you look at God's heart and what he started to realize in the belly of the fish was like, man, God is here to save. He's here to reconcile. He's here to mend together things that are broken. And if you, if you understand that about who God is, it completely changes your motivation for doing things. I think about people who are like, I'm gonna do my good deed for the day. Right? I do my, I do my little good deed for the day. You know what I'm saying? Drop a little ching ching. Right? As I walk through. And that's good. And that's fine because you do something good. But if you understand God's heart, He's trying to bring things together. That it's a different kind of motivation. I'm not just like checking off my good thing for that day. I'm a part of an of, of, of eternal process to bring a broken world together. And nobody has any trouble finding a broken world. <laughs> You turn on a TV, every TV show, you turn on the news, a lot of our families, it's just 
broken, right? And what God is saying is like, you're trying to figure out who the good and bad guy is, right? You don't like the way this person preaches. You don't like the way this person talks. This person's homeless and you think they deserved what they got. This person, you know, and you're, I just want to bring everything together. And that's what God wanted Jonah to really understand. And once Jonah received that mercy and that love and that, right, this is the prayer that he had, right? So I think it's important for us to, that's, that's the meditation part. When we understand what God's purpose is, I'm not just trying to check off my good deed for the day. I'm not just trying to do one nice little thing and then be on my merry way to do what I want to do. I'm a part of an enormous reconciliation of a broken world to an amazing, perfect, and holy God. I'm a part in that. My personal example is being on this setup team because, um, you know, being on this setup team is a lot of work in the morning. And so I constantly have to be asking people, hey, you, uh, are you gonna, can you help out, you know? And so on Sunday, I find myself doing the work and just saying thank you over and over and over again. Thank you, thank you. I've said thank you, I feel more than, and maybe my whole life, because constantly people are helping this happen, right? And so when you understand, man, you're not doing it for me, you're doing it for God, and we're doing it together. I just end up being grateful. And I think that's what Jonah, at that moment at least, that's what he it clicked on, was like, oh my goodness. Even though I've offended God by telling him no, he still wants me to be a part of his plan. I think that, just sit on that for a second and think about that. It's like, man, I've offended God so many times on purpose, and sometimes not on purpose, but he wants me to be a part of his plan of reconciliation, okay? So that's chapter two. So at the end of it, of course, God uh, tells him, all right, back on, the, back on the mission. We get to chapter three. And this is the fast. So he goes to Nineveh, um, <laughs> and so I'll read these. Um, this is verse seven. This is a proclamation he issued in Nineveh by the decree of the king, by the decree of the king and his nobles. Do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that he, we will not perish. When God saw that they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them um, the destruction he had threatened. And here's, here's what I think if you love God and you want to be a part of that process, here's the thing to remember. The world needs hope, and they don't know where it's going to come from. Nineveh realized that they were, in that moment at least, they realized how wrong they were, and they were like, we don't know. Who knows? Maybe God will save us. But being in the faith, we know, right? We do know that God is there to save. That should just make you so excited. I mean, that makes me excited. It's like, I, if I have some people, like, I'll take students. You know, they, they're working, last year, last week we had our, our drum camp, and um, they're trying to work out these measures they couldn't get, and they were getting so frustrated, right? And then I walk in, and I can read it well. I know for a fact in that moment, I have hope in the entire situation, because I know what they're doing wrong, I know how to fix it, and I know that they have the ability to do it. And so in that moment, they're, they're like, who knows? And I walk in, and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel great. It's like, okay, let's break this down. Do one measure at a time. Do, play that, you know? And then you fix it. It's like, man, that's what God wants us to be doing. 
We are a part of that reconciliation process. And that is just the most exciting news. I mean, to me, that's just everything. I mean, that, that's my, my key verse. I'm going to say that word probably a hundred times. So I want you to walk out going, reconciliation, reconciliation, reconciliation. You know, we are reconciling a broken word that, world that does not know what to do. I mean, I think of all these campaigns and hashtags and any way to try to get justice, any try to way to try to make things equal. And it's like, well, if you look at this plan from beginning to end, there are a few holes in your plan. I know, what you, I know your end goal. You want to see equality. You want to see justice. But if you look through the whole thing, there's a few things I'm like, well, how, how does that, that, right? But through the gospel of Jesus, he will bring things together. And all we have to do is when that unction is like, God, I don't really know, be like, you know what? Yes, I'll go to Nineveh. Okay, so it's not, <laughs> that, that's great. Okay, we're going to keep going because I know I'm running out of time too. All right, here we go. Um, chapter 4, which is our last one. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That, it, that, oh, sorry, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? And this is what happens to us, right? And it happens to me. Here, I'm using me, right? I don't like the water. I don't. I'm, you know, I mean, I'll do it, but I don't like it. And so we get out there, and all of a sudden, you know, something happens with Isaiah, and then, like, he gets in the water, you know. And it's like, see, Lord, this is what I'm talking about. That's why we shouldn't come out here, right? <laughs> and you try to make it turn, because I'm back in my own my plan, right? I'm not thinking of the betterment of my family. I'm thinking about what I want to do, right? And so I back up and I'm like, well, this is why I knew we should have done this. And I knew, da, 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 right? Well, what, what was your other plan? Go and practice drums for four hours by yourself. Okay, right? And when we think about a relationship with God, I think a lot of times it's that way. It's like, well, I don't really want to give to this thing because I don't really believe 100% in all the things of it. So what's your plan? Oh, I'm going to keep my money and spend it on Netflix. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, is that really your plan? Right? Um, do you have a right to be angry? God wants to save. We got to get on board with that. We got to look at people who don't have and look at anybody saying, God, I'm going to say yes. And be like, I'm championing that decision. I'm encouraging that decision. Um, I'm going to jump through because we're running through time. Okay, go to the next one. Um, why Jonah? So here, here's Joppa over here where he started, and he was trying to go all the way over there. Nineveh's up here. <laughs> I just thought that was too funny. He's like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. Okay, so why Jonah? Here's, when you think of David and Goliath, right? Just everybody knows David and Goliath. God calls David back when he's at home, right? Um, the prophet goes, uh, goes to Jesse's house and is like, hey, do you have any sons? And he's like, well, I got my son. He's a shepherd. He got called. He anointed him, right? Fast forward, Goliath comes. Nobody wants to fight Goliath because he's this giant, right? So David, having been raised up, walks in there like, yo, I got the answer. I know. God's called me, right? Why couldn't Jonah be that kind of story? Why wasn't, why wasn't Jonah prepared to go to Nineveh? 
Why not? I feel like it would have made everything easier. It didn't really, the Ninevites didn't care who came. As long as they got the message, they didn't care if you loved to be here or hated to be here. Just bring the message, right? I think this chapter has a lot less to do with the prophecy that God was giving and about the posture of Jonah. I really believe, I really believe that God will have you do things that are not the way that you function. Because your posture matters to him. It's not just important that you obey. There are other religious uh, religions who it's like, we don't care what you think about it, you obey, right? But specifically with this God, he's saying like, I want your heart to be in it. I want you to understand my heart for people. I don't just want you to blindly go out. I mean, my, my will is going to be accomplished, but I want you to be a part of this. Right? We're, I want you to, to feel what it feels like to see reconciliation happen in your family, on the side of the street, you know, anywhere. And so I, when I read this chapter, this whole book, it's like God could have called anybody. And in times in the Bible, he does. I mean, we do have David and Goliath as a story. So there will be times that whatever you're competent in, whatever you feel like, hey, well, I can do this, right? I, I feel like I, I can do the drum thing. Let me do that, right? God will use you there. But there are also times where you can be like, God, I cannot, and I don't like to, and there's others who are also doing it, and I hate the way that they do it, so I won't do it. God's like, no, I'm talking about them. Where's your heart? Do you want me? Do you want what I want? Or are you so caught up on how you feel about things that you can't see that, right? Um, and I'm talking to myself, really, because this is where I got convicted. Um, last year... You can go next slide, Stacia. Last, at the end of the year in May, we had the, uh, our, our end of the year band spring concert, and it was awesome. Um, it was just a great concert. It was so exciting. Everything worked well. Um, and after, I was on the way home, and I went to Sonic to go get something to eat because it was up in Ormond, and I live in Deltona, and I had like a you know, 15-minute drive home. And uh, some parents from the concert were there, and they were like, man, Mr. Rollerson, man, thank you so much for everything you do. We want to buy your food tonight. I'm like, no, God, stop it. You know, and they're like, no, 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 please, let's buy your food. I'm like, no. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so they bought my food, and it was just a great time. They were grateful, and I was, I was happy. You know, so I'm driving home, and I need to get gas. So I stop at racetrack to get gas, and I'm walking in to go pay, and there's a, there's a man walking in, um, and I could tell he was probably homeless, right? And so I'm walking in, and the first thought in my heart was like, or in my head, y'all know where I'm going with this, right? Kind of like, don't got no cash, I'll open the door, right? And it was like, right then, like the Holy Spirit just like punched me in the face. It was like, you had an amazing year, you had a great concert, someone just bought your food. Why is not the first thing in your heart, let me, be, let me reconcile anything else? And so I ended up, you know, trying, I was like, gosh. And I felt so convicted, and like all summer long that plagued me, and then there's another situation I won't tell you, but like two times, God was just like, are you on board with reconciling this world or not? Do you want to see my will be done in this world? Or does it have to be the perfect situation for you to be on board? And I'm, I'm telling you, guys, I've been so convicted about that over the summer. Because um, there's so many people who mess up the Christian name, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to be affiliated with that. I don't, you know. And I'm thinking, okay, well, what if that person right there needed to hear the gospel? Could I share with them? Or I'm, or I'm so, I need to correct him. For, you know, it's like, I want to say yes to God. 
even if it means me feeling really awkward for a little while, you know? Um, I feel like that's what Jonah had to go through. And at the end of the story, they don't, Jonah pretty much says, God, I'd rather you kill me than go through this again. And then the, the book ends. Because I think what is supposed to happen, we're supposed to read this and say, okay, so what about your heart posture? Heart posture. Where is it towards God? We saw what happened to Jonah. Where are you? And, you know, where am I? Um, we'll do our last slide. I sh- you know, we had those four in the beginning, but there are a lot more people in the Bible who had the exact same situation happen. I don't function this way. Hey, can I be honest? Every song that Abe chooses, I don't really like. <laughs> can I be honest with you? Like, I, and it's like, okay, well, if me being up here, even though, I mean, I don't really dig it. If me being up here helps you have experience of, of, of getting closer to God and to be an example to say, even if you don't like the song, I'm going to clap, not because of it was done well or not. I'm clapping because I'm, my hope that God's reconciliation is going to happen in this world, I'm, I'm joining and being a part of that. That's why I'm clapping. If that happens, what, what, ma- what does it matter what I'm playing or what the song is? And this is the first church where I've really been challenged in that way. I'm telling you, I've been challenged sometimes because I'm a, y'all can tell I'm an energetic person, right? In the morning, when the alarm clock, I'm like, ready to go, right? I'm, and sometimes the worship is like, dude, right? Can God not reconcile through that despite my personality? And so it's a decision for me to say, before you walk in this building, check your heart. Where are you at? Don't come in here and try to set everything up and then get mad because people don't help you. And then you're up here going against what, what the reconciliation purpose is, right? And so I've just been really convicted on that. And I thought I should share that with you guys because I, I don't want us to be like Jonah in that regard. Because this world is broken and they are searching for hope, right? And we have hope. I have a living hope. First Peter, or first, yeah, first Peter chapter 1. So we have a living hope, an inheritance that God has kept for us in heaven. The world needs to know and hear that. So that should excite you that you're not just being told, do this, do this. It's like, I have a big plan and I want you to be a part of it. I want you to enjoy the love that I have, even for a Nineveh, even for Assyria. All right, amen? Pray with me. God, so many times we let things get in the way of our just simple yes. Sometimes our actions show that and we just don't do things. Sometimes our conversations get in the way of that and we do them, but the whole time we're talking against it. Sometimes our thoughts stop it because we don't have you on our mind, we have us on our mind. And sometimes our posture is just all messed up. I pray that as we meditate and think about Jonah, that he's an example of what we kind of don't want to be. Thank you, God, for putting that in the Bible, that we can learn from that. (laughs) And we can see what you want from us, that you want us to be a part of a ginormous process of bringing this broken world back to you. God, I pray for everybody who's here. I pray there's anything that I said that does not line up with your word, that you would just get it out of our minds. But I pray that 
everyone who heard this can maybe be a little more broken for seeing your purpose accomplished in their life first before an action happens, that the posture that we have towards you can just be broken for the people that you died for. God, we love you, we honor you, and we want to please you. In Jesus' name, amen.